Hello, thank you for joining LTC NAC Chat, a podcast brought to you by the American Association of Post-Acute Care Nursing, APACN. I'm your host, Amy Stewart, Vice President of Education and Certification Strategy for APACN. I'm here today with Jesse McGill, Curriculum Development Specialist with APACN. Jesse joins us to discuss the changes that are coming to the MDS scripted interviews with the updated RAI Users Manual version 1.18.11 going into effect this October. Welcome, Jesse. Thank you, Amy. I'm happy to join you today. We have lots of MDS changes coming this October, and many of those will impact the scripted resident interviews. Let's start with a brief interview for mental status. The BIMS. What changes can our listeners expect this October? Well, that's a great place to start, Amy. And unfortunately, our listeners are probably not going to get the changes they want because they're still going to be asking for the same three words, sock, blue, bed. And so even though we have the same recall questions, we have really the same interview, no changes to this actual script. What we're going to see is the change in what assessments you'll be completing the BIMS with. And the big change is it will be included with the Part A PPS Discharge Assessment, also known as the NPE item set. And it's not just the BIMS that will be added to the PPS Discharge Assessment. We will also see the signs and symptoms of delirium added, which is something we're supposed to watch for when we're completing that BIMS interview. In addition, we will see the mood interview and the pain interview added to the Part A PPS discharge assessment. One thing I really want to emphasize here is that this really shows how important discharge planning is. And if you've had the opportunity to join us on our previous podcast where we've talked about the items being added to the MDS this October, we've talked a lot about discharge planning because a lot of the spades items and the other items added are really set up to help with the discharge planning and and all those other considerations we need to make. Now that we have the cognition interview with the BIMS, the mood interview, and the pain interview added to the Part A PPS discharge, this is another emphasis of how important it is to have really clear discharge planning and great communication among the interdisciplinary team. All of those different team members that may be delegated to complete the MDS scripted interviews so that they can be scheduled and completed prior to the end of that skilled stay. I didn't realize there was that many changes coming to the interviews. That's great information for our listeners. The draft MDS item set for this October shows that the PHQ-9 mood interview will change to the PHQ-2 to 9. Can you explain what that means and how it will change the scripted interview process? Well, that's another great question, Amy. And when we talk about the change from the PHQ-9 to the PHQ-2 to 9, it's really almost a streamline of this interview process. And the easiest way I can explain this change is that if the resident does not have a response indicating the presence of symptoms in either the first two questions that are asked, then the interview ends. So it's only a two-question interview, which is why it would be called a PHQ-2. Now, we still have the same question for the mood interview. We ask, over the last two weeks, have you been bothered by any of the following problems? The first question is A and asks about little interest or pleasure in doing things. 
The second question is B, which asks about feeling down, depressed, or hopeless. If the resident responds with a positive response saying, yes, I have these symptoms, and the frequency is rated at seven or more days. So they pick a frequency of seven to 11 days or half or more of the days or 12 to 14 or nearly every day. Then you must complete the remaining questions and the full PHQ-9 will be completed. If the resident states that the symptoms are present but rates of frequency as never to one day or two to six days, then the interview is done after the second question. So it remains at PHQ-2. The interview also ends if the resident states they have not had symptoms for either question. So they just have to have presence for one or the other of these first two questions at the rate of seven or more days during that two-week period that we're asking about. The main change to this mood interview is really the process and the flow of being prepared when you go into the interview for whoever is delegated to complete the mood interview with the residents and knowing when to stop the interview so that you're not doing extra work. You have a firm understanding of the rules of when you need to complete the mood interviews and when you can stop after two questions. Otherwise, you may have a situation where you think you can stop the interview after two questions. You go back to code the MDS and you see that you need the remaining questions and you have to go back and re-perform that interview. So again, it's a preparation and knowing when you can really stop that interview. Another thing I want to add on is that this change from the PHQ 2 to 9 only applies to the resident scripted interviews. The staff interview for Mood will still have 10 questions. So if the resident interview was attempted and the resident was not able to complete the interview or the resident met the criteria to proceed directly to the staff interview, then all 10 staff interview questions are still addressed. However, there is one change worth noting on the staff interview, and that is that the draft REI user's manual states that this interview must be conducted during the seven-day look-back period based on the ARD. So this, again, can change your team's workflow and how you approach those staff interviews. Thank you for that. I'm also very interested to hear about the changes to the pain interview. Could you tell us about these changes and how this could also impact care planning? Oh, Amy, I think these changes are really great and I think they're going to be very useful for staff. So in October, we will start off the pain interview the same way we do now. So we first ask about any pain or hurting at any time in the last five days. Now, if the resident says no, I have not had any pain in the last five days, the interview is complete. They have no pain. But if they respond yes, then we have the same follow-up question. How much of the time have you experienced pain or hurting over the last five days? Now, the first change that we see comes with the next question. So right now we have a yes or no question which asks over the past five days, has pain made it hard for you to sleep at night? Yes or no. In October, this changes to over the past five days, how much of the time has pain made it hard for you to sleep at night? So now it's not just a yes, no question, but we have the response options from rarely, not at all, to almost constantly. 
We also have an unable to respond option, but this gives us a lot more information so we can really look at the scope of how frequent is the problem of pain making it hard for the resident to sleep at night. The next question in the pain interview is a new question, and it asks, over the past five days, how often have you limited your participation in rehabilitation therapy sessions due to pain? And again, we have the response options from rarely or not at all to almost constantly and the response for that it does not apply. The next question is another one that we have today, but there is some changes. So the next question is over the past five days, how often have you had to limit your day-to-day activities, excluding the therapy sessions? Now, again, right now we have a yes or no question and we'll be changing to that scale as well as with the specification that the day-to-day activities does not include the rehab therapy sessions. I did want to also mention for the therapy question, there's also an option that this does not apply to me. I have not received rehabilitation therapy in the past five days. So we have a lot more scope of the pain interview where we are looking more at the pain interference with the different activities for the residents rather than just the yes, no questions that really didn't give us the full picture of how much pain was interfering with these activities. We finish up the pain interview with the same two scale options. So we still have the option of the numeric scale or the verbal scale. And again, we have the same instructions and guidance for those items. Now, these changes will not have a huge impact on workflow. Still going out to talk to the resident, doing the interview questions, but you'll have to get used to those new questions and the rewording of the other two questions so that, you know, sometimes we go in there, we've done these interviews so often that we're almost on autopilot and we really have to reset that and make sure we are reading the questions verbatim as they are in that scripted interview. Now, Amy, you also asked about care planning. And I think when we talk about the pain interview, care planning actually has the biggest implications because it's not just collecting the information, it's what we're going to do with it. And if we have a resident that is reporting pain, And we've now discovered that the pain has interfered with their sleep and at a high level or high frequency and pain is interfering with their day-to-day activities or with their rehabilitation. We have to take action on that. And we may be working with the physician. We may be changing the time of the pain meds or the time of the therapy sessions and pre-medicating, really working with the physician, therapy or activities, you know, whoever's involved to see how we can best control the resident's pain and reduce that interference that pain may have and the resident's day-to-day activities. Our overall goal is to have really strong resident outcomes and improve the resident's quality of life. And if the resident's having uncontrolled pain that's interfering with those activities, we're not doing the best that we can. I agree that the pain interview is going to definitely impact care planning going forward. Do you suggest any additional training for nurse assessment coordinators or interdisciplinary team members to prepare for these changes? There's a lot of great trainings when it comes to how to conduct a successful resident interview. And there's the CMS Vive video, which is on YouTube and other resources. And the whole background to how to conduct a successful interview hasn't changed, but 
when we're looking at these changes this October, we may want to refresh those. So have a refresher course, make sure we get back into the practices and setting up the environment for that successful interview, making sure the resident can see you and hear you. But really when it comes specifically to these changes, make sure that if you have a worksheet that you used to go in and ask all your interview questions, that you update your worksheet to the new questions starting October 1st. And practice the interviews, you know, practice in a mirror, practice with a staff member, practice on your kids, you know, however you need to do this, practice those interviews so you get into that flow of those new questions. There's going to be a lot of trainings. We have a lot of changes coming to the MDS this October, and we had to pack in our planning trainings. And I know CMS has trainings planned for early summer. Attend as many trainings as you can and share that information with your entire team. The more people that hear the changes and the more frequent that you hear these changes, that's going to become more and more familiar every time and you'll pick up a little bit more at every training. Excellent advice. Jesse, I would really like to make sure our listeners consider policies that could be impacted by the MDS changes and may need to be updated this October. What suggestions can you offer our listeners to ensure they update policies this October? Oh, that's a great point, Amy. You know, when we talk about the policies, we could have some really minor changes that are just really what language is used. So if you have a policy of how you assess the resident's mood changes and your policy is that we use the PHQ-9, that's now outdated. So we need to update that policy just to the new language of PHQ 2 to 9. And so some of these policy changes could be very minor where we are seeing with, say, Section G. And I know we haven't talked about Section G on today's podcast, but we know Section G is retiring this October. And so if you have policies that mention Section G, mention specifically ADLs, or mention specifically some of the Section G ADLs, such as locomotion on unit, which will not exist once we get to October and we only have Section GG, we're going to have to update those policies and talk more about the current language, uh, functional status, walk 150 feet, you know, however you need to change that to keep that up to date with these changes. Looking at really, if your policy uses MDS terms, making sure that none of those terms have changed with the updated MDS. The other thing I want to mention is overall policies for MDS and REI. And specifically when we talk about interviews, because this is something that I've heard discussed quite frequently of when we should do the interview, who can do it, can we do more than one interview, more than one VIMS during the look back period, and so forth. And this is another great opportunity to look at your policy. Oftentimes, providers have a policy that they follow the REI user's manual instructions. And the REI manual, when it comes to most of the interviews, states to conduct the interview the day before the day of the ARD. And it does not encourage you to complete multiple interviews. It does not encourage you to complete it on admission. It encourages you to complete the interview during the look-back period and preferably the day before the day of the ARD. And so if this is what your MDS or REI policy is, you need to make sure that your facility practice is in line with what the REI manual is suggesting. Thank you for that. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners today? 
Yeah. So when we talk about the MDS, it's really a screening tool. You know, you look in the REI user's manual and, and you'll see this also. It's a screening tool to help gather information about the resident. When we talk specifically about the resident scripted interviews, this is how we incorporate the resident's voice into the assessment process. But again, we can't just listen to the resident, code their responses on the MDS and be done with it. We have to take it that step further. We have to use what they say during these interviews as part of the care area assessment process, as part of the care planning process, and really overall incorporating that into the analysis and really looking at what's going on with the resident and hearing what they said during those interviews and using that during the care planning process. The interview is really the first step. What we do with that information is what's really important. I couldn't agree with you more. Thank you for sharing all this great information today, Jesse. Listeners, thank you for joining us today. For more resources and tools for nurse assessment coordinators, please visit our website at www.aapacn.org. To ensure you never miss an episode, subscribe to the LTC NACCHAT podcast.